Welcome to the Not Old Yet podcast, where we explore the subject of aging from a fresh new perspective. Each week, you will learn how to look, feel, and be youthful, no matter your age or stage of life. Tune in each episode to hear words of wisdom, stories of hope, and keeping it real advice from your host, Elizabeth Vanderveer. We got a beautiful story. everyone and welcome to the Not Old Yet podcast. I'm your host Elizabeth and I'm here today with Cindy. Hi Cindy. Hi. And Cindy you and I are travel buffs and today we're going to talk about travel. Everything related to travel whether you're young or old, domestic, international. You're going to give us a lot of tips and tricks and we're going to share some of our experiences that we've had. Uh, but let's first talk about what kind of travel you and I both like to have. I would call myself a mild adventure traveler, meaning I've never been on a cruise ship. That's another story. I almost worked on a cruise ship. That was a very odd story. And I've traveled internationally many, many times. I've mispacked every single time. And I probably missed out on some adventures and certainly learned some things the hard way. So let's just dive right in. You like to do adventure travel. And when we say adventure, you mean real adventure, like serious hikes. Well, I know you just jumped out of a plane, so you're a pretty big adventure gal. What other types of major things have you done on trips besides Machu Picchu and well, I consider myself to be an exotic traveler. I get off the grid whenever I can. It helps invigorate me. I come back more refreshed the further out of my comfort zone that I am. Plus, I'm able to take back with me all of those unique adventures that are so, pardon the pun, foreign to how I live. So it helps me keep young mentally, it stimulates my senses, and I try to absorb as much of the culture, the history, the art, their music, their foods, and certainly the people, and blend in as much as I can, especially since I know physically I'm going to stand out in most places around the globe. And well, sure, you're tall. And blonde. Blonde and blue-eyed and fair-skinned. Yes. So I try to learn at least a few key phrases. And now with apps and so forth, it makes it much more easier to communicate. But people always appreciate the attempt. You may not have all the words exact, but they can get what you're saying, just like we can when they visit here. Although... Don't be surprised, like in France, I can't get a full sentence in, in French. They cut me off in English. I mean, they want to speak English and they have no patience, but that's not typical of every foreign country. But I've found that to be consistent among my friends. Do you find that in any other countries where they Uh, speak No, actually not. And 
at, plus there are other ways to communicate. A smile goes a long way, but showing respect for a different culture, and I mean an extremely foreign type of culture, would be to dress the same manner that they dress. Let's talk about how you plan for a trip. One of the things that you mentioned when we were talking before the show is cobblestone streets. You know, here in America, we don't have a lot of them. Boston, places in New York, you know, occasional streets and cities. But for the most part, we don't have entire villages and everything that are cobblestone. And you mentioned that to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that totally brought back the memory of my first trip to Italy. No idea how to pack packed all the wrong shoes, nearly broke my ankle on the cobblestones until I broke down and bought shoes over there. But I probably had five pairs with me. And we need to talk about what do you pack? Because you also mentioned something that's so true. How many of us come home with half of our suitcase untouched? Mm. And what a waste. So let's dive in, start anywhere. Like if we want to go to Italy, I mean, you said also, that's the number one country, is that correct, for Americans to tour? Specifically women. Oh, okay. Specifically women. Of any age? or Right now, now, Italy is the go-to place. In fact, I have a sister over there right now. Really? Yes. And Italy's fabulous. Uh, What does it say about women going to Italy? Any special concerns or anything that you want to share with us? And then let's dive into the packing and Okay, so the concerns, there aren't really any major concerns that are of a negative. And there's so much to explore in Italy that it's impossible to do it in one trip and one reasonably timed trip. And the key thing to remember are the streets. They're uneven, they're ancient, they're careworn. So even if you're walking on cobblestone... They've got dips. You're like cobblestone dips. There are steps everywhere. Yeah. They don't have the concept of the ADA over there. No. Well, and the thing is, is they are culturally driven. So the history they have is unknown to us because they're going back thousands of years, unlike the U.S., So with that in mind, when you are packing, it starts in the planning stage before you pack. And let's use seven days. Let's use one full week for travel as an example. The first thing you want to do is ditch the suitcase. Because women... I thought you always wanted the four wheels so it's easy no 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 imagine how difficult it is walking on cobblestone and stairs for any length of time in heels or wedges or platforms well first of all i would suggest you don't do that that's what i'm that's where i'm going with this so the second thing is if you've got a suitcase with wheels those wheels are going to be knocked chipped bounced around, then you've got to lug that suitcase upstairs, downstairs, and most of the Italian places that you might stay in regards to a hotel or something like that have the old-fashioned graded lifts, 
And many of the times you're going to be using the stairs anyway, which means you're carrying that suitcase up and down. My first, and my first place in Paris was a fifth floor walk up. Didn't know it. And boy, was that a bitch. So yeah, so, so I think planning on a walk up, unless you're going to go stay at a hotel. But even if you stay at a hotel, you still have to deal with the luggage issues. So you said no suitcase. So what are you recommending that someone... No suitcase. What do they recommend? What do you recommend? All right. And, and here's another reason why there's no suitcase. When you get on that flight, it is your responsibility, unless you're putting it down in the baggage hold, to lift it up over your head into the overhead container. How many of us can truly do that when it's full, when especially we are packing inappropriately? That suitcase gets very cumbersome and really, really heavy. Okay, so I just have to go on record and say, if you told me to pack for a week and to not use a suitcase and to be able to lift it over my head, that might send me into a panic attack because... I don't know how to do that. So let's talk about it. How do you do it? Okay. For women traveling alone and women traveling in groups, this is a big deal. If you can't lift your bag or you, you know, can't take it for long distances, that's a real problem. It is. How do you deal with the toiletries if you're going for a week or longer and how do you deal with the clothing and shoes? Shoes are a huge space taker. Yes. And how do you not look like a tourist in all this? Okay. So let's, let's, let's go just keep back going with Italy. So let's, we know we're going to cobblestones. Right. So let's go back to the suitcase issue. Ditch the hard suitcase and opt for two. And One what, of them is what a you said about the cobblestones is so true because I never thought about the four wheels would just get stuck in the cobblestones. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a nightmare. So thank you for mentioning that. So let's go to a knapsack and a backpack. Backpacks these days are a variety of different sizes, but really what you, you want to remember is how easy is it going to be, first of all, to take all your stuff there to the country, then while you're in the country doing your day trips, you want something smaller. So if you've got a soft bag that can be strapped to the back of your, your shoulders, like a backpack, and then a smaller backpack that can be considered not just a day pack, but that's going to be your carry-on instead of a purse. That will be your personal item that you can carry on. Your in the hold above you will be your knapsack, which is similar to the backpack, but larger. That's what will contain all your toiletries. That's what will contain your shoes and the rest of your clothing. Where do you get those knapsacks, REI? You can get them really anywhere. You can get them in a sporting good place. You can get them in most places that would carry suitcases, travel cases, anything like that. I think you can get them just about anywhere these days. So does it look like a backpack? I've never heard of a knapsack. I mean, uh, I've heard A knapsack of is larger. Yeah. 
It's got the handles, two handles. It's got a zip. It's got several compartments to it. But a lot of the times they will have two extra strapping to it so that you can strap it in multiple different types of ways. You can put your arms in it. There's an extra strap that can go around your waist to give you extra support so that you're not putting all your weight here. You're distributing it through your back. So the waist strap hits right above your hips. It sounds like more of an adventure backpack than the soft backpack that we use just for everyday stuff. It is. Okay. It's sturdier. Okay. And it's bigger. Okay. Uh, so that's where you will and keep the bulk of everything that you're taking with you. And that you're- qualifies as a carry-on? Yes. Okay. Yes. And here's the key. It's malleable. So because it's soft, it can go in the overhead and it could be mushed in over and under and around other people's things that are up there. And that's the beauty of it. Gotcha. So then your personal item would be that smaller backpack that can go underneath the seat in front of you. And you keep all your, your travel items, your passports, your IDs, your cash, and your medications, if you take that, you can even keep your toiletries in that one, keeping it separate. Right there, there's two different ways that you would travel. So now how do you, how do you pack the larger of the two? You start with your shoes and you only take three pair. One of them is going to be a moderate weight athletic shoe that can also work into a long distance walking and hiking shoe, but you don't want hiking boots because of the weight. So you want like a waffle bottom that will get... Yes, you want something with a good grip to it so that you can wear it when it's raining on cobblestones are really, really slippery. You know, I have this pair. I got them at Ross, of course, my favorite place. I got them at Ross, of course. Uh, Skechers super lightweight and they've got big grip on the bottom. I was impressed. That wouldn't hardly add an ounce to your packing there. But well, now the here's the other thing. Shoes. You want to wear the heaviest pair of shoes you take on the plane. So that's including hiking. boots, right? Like fashion I, boots if you take a pair of flat boots for the winter or something. Actually, I would ditch that. I would take the athletic one that we were just describing and wear that on the plane. If you're thinking fashion anything, that's extra that you have to pack and that's more room it's going to take up and it's more weight it's going to add. So keep it a minimum of three. Okay, so walking shoes. Walking, hiking, which you're going to wear on the plane. And then that leaves two pair that are going to go in that backpack, in the larger of the two. And one of those should be a flat pair of shoes that you can wear out in the evening, that you can wear in a church, that you can wear to dinner. And that should be able to be worn with any dresses, any skirts, any nicer pants. Okay. The third is a pair of simple sandals. Sandals that can be worn in the heat of the day. Sandals could also be worn with a dress or something like that. And sandals that can manage through a wet climate. What if it's winter? 
Okay, if it's winter, you're going to not want to sand, have the sandals, but you're going to switch that out to flip-flops. They can double as slippers. They can also double wearing into a pool area and a locker room uh, for sanitary purposes. If it's winter, you're going to take the dress shoes and you're going to have something that's more enclosed, something that's warmer. And of course, you have to think about the slipperiness of where you're going. Okay. So uh, walking shoes, more 24-7 flat dress shoes, and then a pair of sandals that are presumably flat or something, or flip-flops or something that can go inside, outside, but aren't going to really be worn for activities except for leisure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, that sounds great. And it sounds small. You know, like if you're wearing the walking shoes, which are probably the heaviest, then you can smush the flats and smush the sandals. Okay, what's next? Okay, let's think bags, evening bags, purses, whatever you want to call them. You're going to be carrying on the smaller backpack for your personal item. So you don't need anything in addition to that for your carry-on. So in the larger bag that you're packing all your clothing, Put in a wristlet bag, like a fanny pack, and that way it can work while you're traveling and it will keep um, extra cash, your ID, credit cards, your passport with you. And there's no added obstruction regarding the use of your hands if you've got something like a fanny pack around you. That would be in addition to the smaller backpack during the day. If the fanny pack is something like a black, uh, you can even wear that in the evening. If you're going to go out, opt for something like a wristlet type of bag. Uh, You want to keep your hands free as much as possible because more times than not, you're using your cell phone for a camera. And you want to be able to use your hands that way as well as the unsteadiness of your area reaching out to a railway for a staircase or something like that. So those can go packed into the larger suitcase. What you are wearing going back to on the plane is you want to layer as much as possible. I know when I go on a plane, I put on like three or four layers just because it gets cold, but also I want to carry the clothes. Well, a good rule of thumb is to wear on the plane a pashmina. Mm. It's not going to take up any bulk just to throw it around your neck once, but you'll refer back to that pashmina or some equivalent thereof throughout your visit. If we're talking about Italy, that pashmina can go over your head if you're going into the Vatican. It can cover your shoulders in the Mm. evening as the temperatures drop. Now, I wonder, will it suffice for this? So when my husband and I were visiting Italy, we're going to St. Peter's, and he wasn't wearing the right stuff. He had shorts on. I had on a tank top, and we couldn't get in. You had to have pants, and you had to have your shoulders covered, which I believe still exists in a lot of the churches. It does. So would a pashmina count if you just had it draped over you? Yes. Okay, that's a great piece of advice. And I can give a plug to a 
friend that has a company uh, that sells those pashminas at Costco, very reasonably priced, called Naturally Naughty, K-N-O-T-T-Y. And they're in, I think, every single Costco now, 20 bucks or something, and they can provide a lot of warmth. You can also get them on the streets in places like Italy, but you'll pay tourist prices. Good idea, great idea. The pashmina can extend its life also because you can use it as swimwear cover. Mm, so great idea. If it's wrapped around your hips, if you have a one piece that you're wearing, you can wear that as a skirt, throw on the sandals, and you can go into a restaurant to grab lunch. And it's idea. the same thing regarding if you've got pants or something like that, that you can slip on over your suit, you can take the pashmina and wrap it accordingly so that you're covered at least on the top part to be able to go again, go into a restaurant and you're not offending the local. So the pashmina goes so many different ways. It really does. Dive into clothes and specifics because I want to hear specifics, like how many pairs of pants, how many t-shirts and you know, I'm a black and white girl when I travel, but give us some tips. But before you do that, I think it's important to blend. Like, I don't want to stand out like a sore thumb. So if I said to you, Cindy, I'm going to Italy, how would you advise me to pack so that I don't look like I don't belong? Great quote from my cousin Vinny, that movie about blending. I don't know if you remember that. But I want to blend locally. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to wear a turban, but I mean, I generally would like to not look like a tourist. So if I'm going as a woman to Italy, alone or otherwise, what are just some, how do I even know what to wear? First of all, the climate. I just check out the weather globally. You know, I don't really do anything special. Is there anything that you would recommend for weather to figure out how to pack? Right. Well, first of all, look at your itinerary. Are you going to be in Bury? Are you going to be in the Dolomites? Are you going to be at Lake Cuomo? Are you going to be in Rome? Are you going to be in Florence? You're going to be in Naples because all of those have, or Venice, all of those have their entirely different ecostructure. So look at that, then find out, you love Google, Find out what the weather is going to be for that week right before you leave. And that's a big key right there. Also check and pay attention to the humidity factor because the weather may say that it's going to be 80 degrees, but if the humidity is through the roof, it's going to make a huge difference with the clothing that you're going to be wearing. So try to select also clothing that's breathable Linen is one of the worst things that you can take to pack because it wrinkles so much and it shows that it wrinkles. The only way to get the wrinkle out is to iron it. And who irons anymore? So cotton, a cotton blend is actually much better. But if you were also to go with more of the organics, so much better for that. So you want something breathable, something that wicks moisture and yet stays dry. So if we're looking at things like bamboo and tencel, those are probably the best staples. They don't wrinkle because they're antimicrobial. They won't have the odors 
that accumulate on fabrics after wearing it for a couple of days. Plus, these are things that you can rinse out easily in a sink. And the bathrooms are usually communal there where you stay, and they're very small. So rinse it out in the sink with mild detergent, and then let it dry. They usually dry in an hour or two. So this is very doable, especially for your undergarments. So keep that in mind, and it's a good thing, too, to have socks that are made of the same thing. And you don't have to take that many. So where do you find these? Are you saying undergarments and socks made from tinsel and bamboo? Yeah. Actually, you can find them anywhere. You can get them, like even Target and places like that have them. Really? Um, It's just a matter of looking and buying, but most places have them now. And are they blends? They're cotton blends? Some of them are. All in. Right, but you can get 100% bamboo socks, bamboo bra, underwear, t-shirts, and the like. So how do we not stand out as a tourist? Do not pack printed things. I heart New York. Mm -hmm. Leave the baseball hats at home and try not to advertise the fact that you're a tourist by having a lot of extra things dangling from you. Two or three cameras are always a giveaway. You can take excellent pictures with your cell phone. Mm -hmm. And t-shirts with writing, bright colored t-shirts and that type of thing. Actually, jeans are a giveaway. Denim is a giveaway. And I have to say, I think one of the worst things that women pack and take, and we all do, we all own these, is a denim jacket. And for all of its beauty blends, because it seems to go with everything these days, and it does, but it's the worst thing that you can take traveling. One, it weighs way too much. Mm. Two, it does not keep you warm. It does not keep you cool. Three, it's bulky. It takes up a lot of space. Yeah. It will trigger anything that you walk through, any metal detector that you walk through, because the buttons are copper and there's a lot of them, and they weigh a lot too, and they also catch on other items. Mm. Leave it at home. There are so (laughs) many other things that you can wear that are nice, that are lightweight, that don't take up the space. And that actually work as a function by keeping you warmer or keeping you cooler. So what would you take? It seems like with the way the weather's changing everywhere, you need something that can protect you from rain. So what are you recommending? Okay, so something like a Gore-Tex jacket that's lightweight and that you can layer with it. They fold up into almost nothing and they weigh almost nothing. And North Face, Columbia Sportswear, Iceberg, there's so many out there, and they all have them. And so that's your choice. But one of those is a necessity. And when I pack, I always use one of the outside little zip pockets to put that into, because if I arrive someplace getting off a plane and it's pouring down, it's right there. I don't have to dig through anything. So is it folding up into a very small little thing or actually like a rain sucker or what is it? I don't understand. A Gore-Tex 
is a fiber that is very lightweight. I wouldn't even consider a raincoat. It's a, a longer jacket that covers over everything. And if you get it a size larger, you can layer it really well. Say, with example, with a fleece underneath. And fleeces are very, very warm. They're easy to layer. And they roll up relatively easily, not taking up a lot of room. And they're very lightweight. So presumably you would wear that on the plane then? The fleece, yes, but not the Gore-Tex. Because the Gore-Tex is lightweight enough that you can stash that really just about anywhere. Okay. So put that in one of the pockets of Mm -hmm. the knapsack. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we're doing seven days in Italy. Talk me through the clothing that we're going to take because it's got to fit all in that one bag. And we've already packed two pairs of shoes wearing one. Right. So here's the other thing. Regarding pants, you're going to want to have something that's long enough to go down to your ankles, that's respectable enough to go into any religious building there whether it's the Vatican, some small quaint abbey off the road somewhere. And also it will do double duty. It can take you through hiking and it will cover your legs when you're off the beaten path and there are uh, bushes and so forth. So you want to cover at least the legs. You want to have something to do that. Now, if it's a darker shade, and I'm, say, getting away from the khakis and that type of thing, that can do double duty. That will take you into evening wear, going out to dinner or something like that. Stay away. How many pairs of pants if we're going for a week? If you're going for a week, you could probably get away very easily with two. Wear one on the plane that's kind of your knock-around pair and then a nicer pair? Yes. Okay. Yes. And try to keep the colors to a minimum so they all blend together. It's more classic, black, white, black, and say a beige work well. Navy, if that's your go-to, dark chocolate browns, burgundies are another thing. The darker colors will not show up stains or dirt as easily as something lighter. And I know for all you lovely ladies that absolutely adore their whites, you're going to have to keep that in mind because the whites will show up everything. If you do enjoy the whites, keep the whites on the top. And remember that if there is a stain like wine or something like that, that's not going to be easily taken out, at least take a cover up so that you can still wear your whites and then cover up the stain. Another thing you want to pack is a skirt or a dress. Have the dress lightweight enough, like a t-shirt type of a dress, Mm -hmm. so that you can put something over it and it appears as if it's a skirt, it'll work double duty. Right. Um, It could be an additional t-shirt, something like that. Do not wear things that have thin straps. That's a giveaway that you're from another country, and it's also going to limit you regarding the wear, especially the fact that you're going to have to cover up your shoulders in a lot of those cases. Yeah, and definitely I think a good rule is to not show your undergarments when you go abroad. It's just not like the U.S., And they probably won't even let you into the churches if you're showing undergarments. Not at all. And and ditto with cleavage. Be very cautious with cleavage over there. Be also cautious of sheer 
leave the shear at home, and also be cautious as far as the tightness of your clothing. Mm-hmm. They are still a modest country. Fashionable, yes, but modest. Think more classic designs. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you go to Jane Fonda's character in Frankie and Grace, for example, a lot of classic blouses or shirts, comfortable. They don't have to be particularly tailored pants. And to be able to wear a lightweight jacket is something to throw over in the evening that still has classic lines is a good go-to because it goes with everything. It'll go with the pants. It'll go over a dress. It'll go over a skirt. It can even go over your swimwear. And I was sharing with you that I just got a pair of parachute pants. It's that parachute material. Mm-hmm. And they're so lightweight that they would just be perfect for travel. They would weigh virtually nothing. They could be washed and hung up overnight, which I know is a real popular thing. Even the hotels in Italy, the smaller ones, will have those strings in the bathroom so that you can literally, you know, clothesline. You can pull it across the tub and hang up your clothes. That's always nice. But I love this parachute material. I mean, it's just ideal for that kind of travel. They are perfect. And Two pairs of pants, nice and more casual, three pairs of shoes. And you mentioned a jacket. Do you mean more like a structured jacket so it looks more professional? Or are you thinking the fleece? What do you mean jacket? Well, the fleece is one thing that is really a mainstay with travel. You don't know all the elements of the travel because storms happen, even though you may have checked online as far as what the storm is. And if there is rain, shortly after the rain, quite often there's a cold that comes through. If you've got a fleece, a lightweight fleece, we're not talking about something real thick, this can go underneath a Gore-Tex to help keep you warm in the evening or the early, early hours of the morning Say you're going to be doing something over water where it tends to be chillier. Let's say you're going to be sailing the Aegean or something like that. Both of those jackets will come in handy. But if you've also got a really lightweight jacket, nothing that's particularly fitting, but something that's a little dressier, that can take you into the Vatican, that can take you into art museums that are dressier. That can be worn over the pants, that can be worn over a skirt, and it dresses up something as plain as a t-shirt. Right. T-shirt is an excellent thing to take. Something that's simple, and we're not talking about the deep Vs here, I'm talking about just a classic, clean, new, white Mm t-shirt. Worn with the skirt, worn with the dressier pair of like black pants, and then have a jacket or even the pashmina tossed over. We'll take you right into dinner. That's a a great idea. What about jewelry? Leave the jewelry at home. If you want to take yourself a nice classic watch, downgrade that watch. Don't have anything of flash. Don't have anything with stones. A simple chain or something like that is great. Your wedding ring, if you've got a simpler wedding ring, wear that. If you've got a wedding ring with a large stone, think twice about it. 
things happen. Just be smart about this and don't advertise your wealth because even in Italy, Italy has got its pockets just like the U.S. does of areas of different economic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And you want to be mindful and respectful of everyone and don't flash your wealth. That's another tourist giveaway. Mm-hmm. Do want to bring a good pair of sensible sunglasses and do take a hat. A sun hat is needed there, but again, keep it something that can be rolled and packed easily. And there's plenty of them out there. A flat straw hat, straw hat will not make it through there. It will crumble. It will be destroyed. So okay. you keep that in mind. And no baseball caps. No baseball caps. Oh, so let's see, we have three pairs of shoes, mm-hmm. the walking shoe, the flat that can be dressed up or dressed down, and the sandal or flip-flop, depending on time of year. And then we have two pairs of pants. You wear one, pack the other, the nicer pair. Mm-hmm. You've got a dress or a skirt. I love the dress idea because that takes care of the top part and you don't have to have an extra top. And then you said an outer jacket, of course, an inner jacket, which is the fleece. And then were you also suggesting a third type of jacket being the more structured kind of professional, or did I misunderstand that? Not quite professional. We're ta- not talking about a blazer of some sort, but a loose-fitting, lightweight jacket that can cover up a little bit more in the evening and cover up a little bit more in any kind of religious arena that you might be in and also give a little dressier look to the pair of pants. This is something that you would use as layering. It may not even have a zip front or buttons. Oh, okay. So maybe a cardigan, maybe a loosely Mm -hmm. structured jacket or something. In fact, a dressier, looser cardigan would work. It would also suffice. But what we're talking about here is layers, and those layers are giving you options. Mm-hmm. And if you can stay complementary to your color tones that you've selected, all those pieces should be able to go well with each other and intermingle with each other. And then get a few tank tops, you said, for the pants and the skirt and maybe a pair of shorts. Okay, so let's talk about the shorts. If you take, for example, the parachute style pants that you were talking about, many of them have the zip under hemming right at the knee or shortly above the knee so that it's a pair of pants that you can take off the lower portion of it and have a pair of shorts that suffices for hiking in the hotter climates and as well as working over a bathing suit or something like that. Um, I see a lot of people wearing those zip-off pants on the planes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that works wonders as well. That same parachute type of material dries very, very quickly. So even if you're caught in the rain somewhere, they're going to be dry in a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really good go-to, whether they're the shorts or the pants that cut down into the shorts. So if you're actually thinking of a pair of shorts, keep in mind that you're in a foreign country. Stay away from the short shorts. Stay away from anything that's too tight. Think more along the lines of walking shorts 
or Bermuda, and they are politically correct for wherever you go. Plus, you can wear them more as city shorts by wearing a nicer shirt with it, and you'll feel comfortable enough going into any of the tourist events there as well as a restaurant. Good advice, yeah. So what about toiletries? Okay, so for the toiletries, go through your, your standard cleansing procedure and get the smaller bottles if your bottles are larger or if they're glass. Don't take glass containers with you. Also try to stay away from anything aerosol. The pressure cat in the cabinets or in the baggage claim, if you choose that option, will make them expand and they will leak. It will be a permanent leak. So you can get relatively inexpensive. In fact, I think even at most dollar stores, like a four or five pack of small plastic containers, one of them will have the screw and the other will have the screw where it's also the push and you can squeeze it out. That way you can put your sunblock in that. You can put your day lotions in there. You can put your cleansers in there. And I always recommend keeping with you at all times the really small, which you can also get at dollar stores, hand cleansers. You're going to want to have hand sanitation wherever you go. The facial wipes are excellent to have and keep those with you handy Mm -hmm. because you can take off your makeup, you can take off the day's grime, you can remove the sunblock, which you should daily. Don't sleep in sunblock. And at the same time, wiping your hands if you're going into a bathroom somewhere and you know that everything is going to be clean. A really good tip that I like to use too is when you get on the plane and that smaller backpack that's got all your things handy to you, keep those wipes there. As soon as you sit down, take one of them out, wipe the seat in front of you, pull down the table, wipe that down, wipe down both sides like that, finish up by washing your hands with it, and then disposing of that. Everything within your touch is clean. I've seen people do that on planes more and more lately. Mm-hmm. They're cleaning their environment. We know that they don't clean like that on planes at all. And a lot of times they don't have the time because it's a quick layover. But now you've done that for yourself. So let's talk about how you actually pack the bags that you're going to take with you. So I just want to finish what's in the bag. So the first big bag, maybe a bathing suit. If you're going somewhere where you want And remember, stay modest. You don't, want to, you don't want to be hanging out of it. You want your backside covered, completely covered. No thongs. <laughs> well, no thongs. yeah. Well, certain beaches in Italy, I think, would be different. I mean, if you're going to go hang on the news. That's the exception. Yeah, that's the exception. But just generally, just think of kind of more conservative. Just generally, they, they don't live like we do. No. The world doesn't live like we do. So if you want to bring shorts, you're saying bring the zip-off kind. It saves space. They're lighter weight. You've got the duo possibilities of the long pants and the short pants. When it comes to the pants that I take, more often they'll be the parachute pants with the zip. I wear a dark pair like black and I've got ones that's khaki. The khaki I use for hiking and for a lot of the tourist attractions 
Mm. And then that's the one that I also unzip the bottom part of it and use that in regards to hiking as well. Or I can use that khaki part with a nicer shirt for getting about inner cities. Going to visit places like the Coliseum and so forth. That's perfect for that. Mm -hmm. Where you don't have to be quite as formal as the churches. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, in America, we have just gotten so used to being disrespectful. We show up to the symphony in khaki shorts, you know, and a torn t-shirt. The decorum of the days gone by is just gone. You know, it's almost anything goes in the U.S., but that's not the case for other cultures and other countries where they expect us to toe the line. I mean, I remember getting up, we waited hours at St. Peter's. This was decades ago only to get up there and learn we couldn't go in. And it was just like, no, you know, there's no fudging it. The guards are there. And Americans can look very ignorant if we don't think of some of these things ahead of time. And there's no real guides. You know, there's no one that really tells you how to blend in. So what else? So how do we pack this bag? Shoes go on the bottom. And then you mentioned handbags. So take right. I want to back up to one thing. A small little evening purse and then a a day bag or a, no, what else goes in the, for the purses? Okay. So let's not think purses. Let's think either something with a wristlet band to it, a fanny pack, a nicer fanny pack, and one maybe that is the same color as your pants that you're taking. So it blends in it. It doesn't stand out quite so much. You I wanted- once had a Nicole Miller fanny pack. Do you remember her? The yes. fashion designer? Anything but subtle. It was covered in travel graffiti. Yeah. No. That's not subtle. So a fanny pack that is color coordinated with your pants, that's a great idea. Right. And then if you need to take a bag, have it something that is really small, that travels flat. And because you're not taking a lot with you when you're going out. Let's say it's going to be someplace really, really very nice. Well, a simple black bag will do it as long as it's pretty much fabric and it's, it lies flat. You only need a few things in it. And so basically that's the only purpose that it serves and it's not going to take up any room at all in the bag. And then that's where you draw the line as far as you know any extra bags. One of the things I wanted to comment about in regards to a skirt or a dress is be mindful of the hem length. You cannot get into the Vatican in a mini skirt. And over there, a mini skirt is anything above the knee. Mm. So if you can find something that is at least covers your knees or even a little longer, you'll get in. So I just found the perfect dress at Ross. It's got thicker straps but it's a scoop neck and then it's got the little flare of the skirt and it hits just at the knee and you can put a jacket over it or whatnot I mean that's the kind of thing that you're talking about it's a layerable piece I can put a shirt over it and it looks like a skirt I can put a jacket over it right but you right. Want it at your knees or lower right and Look even even something with say cap sleeves because the cap sleeves cover enough of the shoulder that you can get into a lot of places, but you're not overheated at the same time because 
most of the people that go to Italy, and we're still talking about Italy as our destination in this scenario, they go in the summer and it can be quite warm there. But let's talk about how we pack things. Gone are the days where you fold. When you fold, you're embedding creases in whatever it is you're taking, and it's also taking up more space. This is something I taught my children when they were young, and I was teaching them how to pack on their own, which is an adorable story, but for another time. So what you do is you lay out everything that you're going to take. You look at everything and you say, how can I multiply the use of what I'm taking? Because remember, we've just mentioned a few items. So this should be able to work with that. I can layer this on top of that and give me one look. If the weather is different here, I can do this with that over here. And, oh, I'm going to go someplace dressier over here. I'll take this one and add that to here. Try to stay away from the patterns. Mm -hmm. Try to stay away from multiple colors because it's going to limit the choices of how you can wear different things. And it's also going to add to the bulk and the weight. Remember, the weight is going to be the issue. So well, you mentioned to- Jane Fonda, and one of the reasons why she's such a style icon is because she color blocks, and she, well, her stylist does, but she wears it so beautifully. You know, it's either monochromatic, or it's just big blocks of solid colors that look really good together, like gray and beige and white and black and blue, like it's just elegant. And when you start injecting patterns and multiple colors, it just causes this discordance and it's much harder to then bring things together. My suggestion would be if you are completely enamored with patterns, do that in your pashmina or bring two pashminas, one solid color and one with a pattern or something. I just learned from a guy that I was talking to here in LA that has a women's fashion company that the top pattern that he has sold for 40 years is floral. I had no idea that floral was that popular, but you and I both believe that a long, lean, monochromatic, tone on tone, right? We both believe that that's a beautiful look. It it tends to make you look thinner and taller and more youthful and just more harmonious. But I would say leave the patterns home as well. I just, I'm shocked that floral is the number one pattern of dresses and things that people... Now, depending on your coloring too, this could be a, a whole nother topic at another time. But the monochromatic way of things is not just so much all black or all white, but it can also be the range of colors. So for me, especially at certain times of year, will blend on the cool side. So I might pack black and then various different shades of gray up to a crisp white. And then they all intermingle, they all complement each other, they all go. But my pop of color is in the pashmina. So regarding, let's using the black and the grays in a crisp white, I might throw in um, a great orchid color pashmina, something that's vibrant. Orchid, purple? 
Yes. Purple. Okay. Uh, but not a deep purple. And well, exactly. I'm thinking the exact same thing. For me, it would be pink or a baby blue or my friend Jasmine that has those pashminas at Costco. Every color you could possibly think of. And they're just incredible. They're not super high quality. But, but get, get a great, bold color, something that looks fabulous on you and something right. that works great with everything else. A really great carnation pink or a melon or you know something like that that looks great on your skin tone that you feel good in and it just lifts everything. Yeah. That's where you want your color. Oh, and it can just make the whole outfit pop, you know, right. by putting it around the shoulders right. or whatnot. So you put everything out on the bed or yes. whatnot and make sure that it all is going to match and you've got your outfits. Do you do it by day or by activity? I look at the activities that I'm hoping to do. More than likely, you're not just winging your way through Italy, although I've traveled a lot like that. But you've got an idea of where you want to go, what you want to do. So you've got your clothing laid out and you've got a way to be able to say, all right, this and this for this activity, this for this time frame, this for this special event, and everything else works together. So you should have all the weather issues and all the events and the day-to-day, night-to-night stuff figured out lay before you for a seven-day trip. Everything should work. Well, here's a tip for you, and I'm guilty of not doing this. So, well, I'm going to tell you to not do this. Don't take things on your vacation that you aren't wearing normally at home. Absolutely. I always seem to pick something from my closet that has some fantasy attached to it that it's going to look good or I'm going to want to wear it. Yet it's still got the tags on at home and then I take it and I literally don't touch it. So would you suggest that you, when you start, I assume, rolling up your clothes, not folding them, that you only take things that you know and love and have worked well for you in the past? Exactly. And there's a twofold for that. In the first place, You don't want to be fussing with your clothes. You don't want to be uncomfortable in a place that is foreign to you. It's all about your relationship with the country that you just traveled to or the place you just traveled to. If you're uncomfortable, if this isn't fitting right, if this is not what your intention was regarding this outfit, it isn't about the clothes you're putting together there. It's about your experience and what you're going to take back from your time there. So the well, clo- you might want to that- plan on gaining a few pounds. <laughs> well, <laughs> and there is that too. If don't you take anything too tight. I've already mentioned that. Do not wear tight clothing. Wear things that are comfortable and wear things that are loose enough so that it can accommodate a little extra pounds here and there, but it can also accommodate the layering that you may need to do maybe on a chilly night. You know, they get around a lot on the back of a scooter, and it's a lot of fun, but it can also be cool at night. So again, keep things like that in mind. And at the same time, if you're on the back of a scooter, take that smaller backpack throw it on your back, layer up, and go have a great time. Don't be concerned about 
how am I looking for this if I'm wearing that? And don't buy something special you've never worn before to take on a trip. Just go to your go-tos. Unless are, it's like a, a shell or a, a t-shirt or something, but a new fancy outfit, forget it. Don't, don't do anything in your travels that you haven't test driven at home. Right. What you said about the climate is so true. I mean, every time I've been to Europe, it's just been in the, in the middle of a heat wave. And I used to pack those travel knits that some very well-known national chains have. And those were heavy. They were 100% rayon or polyester or something. They were hot. They were sticky. They didn't wash and wear well at all. Now, this is ages ago. But my point is that the weight of all these clothes and what they're made up of really does matter. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to be putting it in your suitcase, you're going to have to be lifting it. If you're wearing it, you're going to be experiencing heat and humidity and dirt and dust. And if you go off the beaten path, even more so. So I completely agree. Wear the tried and true items, wear items that are loose fitting, that look good, monochromatic, or at least in the same family. I love the gray, black, white combo. That's a great idea. My wardrobe tends to be mostly black. I don't have a lot of grays, but black and white is a great one too. And then, like you said, leave the baseball caps at home, leave the t-shirts with the graphics and the words and everything home. Uh, We all know the kind of typical American that stands out like a sore thumb. And don't go too casual. I guess I would say you can look really nice and still be comfortable. You don't have to look sloppy. I think that's one of the biggest criticisms I hear about travelers is, you know, they just look schlumpy. They just look like they haven't put themselves together. Their clothes are wrinkled and rumpled and they've got you know, sayings and phrases, and that's just not the norm. I mean, maybe it's becoming more so, but you're going to stand out if you show up in a foreign country like that. And you're going to stand out if you're wearing jeans. Hopefully you're not wearing destroyed or extreme distressed jeans out there. There's, you know, certainly in the US. Excellent point. They, that's not kosher everywhere around the globe to wear these. I saw a lady yesterday here in LA. I was driving down the street. And she's walking. And I swear to God, I thought her jeans were going to fall off. They were so shredded. And she had a gorgeous body, young, hottie. But these jeans didn't even look like they were going to last through the street. Like, I couldn't believe that they were hanging on by a thread onto her body. So something like that, no. You don't want that attention abroad. You don't, especially as a young woman, I don't think. Well, the Italian women don't wear jeans. They don't wear jeans. There is a time frame for them, or a time that they wear very dark rinse, not the skinny, super skinny jeans. But they'll wear it with a fitted blazer and a great blouse or something like that. But you're only going over there for a week. And since jeans take up a lot of space and they're heavier, don't even go there. Leave them at home. And you'll be more comfortable that way anyway. And no jeans jacket, you said. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I love jean jackets, but they, 
they're strictly there for fashion. They have no purpose other than they look really cool. But that's another, that's another topic. And then one tip I have is photograph your passport and then photocopy it and keep a copy and keep a copy on your phone when you travel. Yes. And uh, also keep a copy with somebody at home that you can get access to so that they have a copy and they could afford that should you lose your phone or anything else. So now let's talk about how we get the clothing in the suitcase that is not a suitcase. Don't fold anything. Roll it. Lie them out for a pair of pants. Put them in half. Smooth them out. Start at the waist and roll tight all the way down. Set it aside. Keep doing that with everything you have and setting it aside so that you're having all of these small rolls or longer rolls stacked next to each other. You will be amazed at how much more space you have because there is no way you're going to Italy without buying something and bringing it back. So you're going to want to have space and you're going to want to keep things light enough in that suitcase that's not a suitcase to do that. So then you start by putting the heaviest things down first, which of course would be your shoes. So put the shoes in, pack the socks or the underwear and so forth in the toe of the shoes. Oh, good idea. Uh, Anything flat can go last. So keep those down, like, you know, the small bag or something like that. Then you take your largest or heaviest items, which are probably the pants, and you put those over the shoes. Any jackets, anything like that, they go around the sides because then you're building up your walls this way. Mm. Don't carry your toiletries in the smaller bag, which I recommend. You could put them in the center and then build things around it because everything else will cushion what's in the center of that. Keep your lightest items on top. When you put this on your back, you want the weight to rest at your lower back and then the lighter things at the top. You've seen sometimes where people are backpacking and their shoulders are either pulled forward or their back like this. They're going to have a really, really sore back for a number of days. And it's because they put the heavy stuff on the top and not at the bottom. Okay, so fill that up and hopefully have a few inches left. Actually, the seven-day items that you put in there, you should have plenty of room. Okay. And anything else? Yeah, take something that you're going to read on the plane. Make it light. Make it accessible. You're not taking War and Peace. Maybe something like a home decor or a travel magazine or something like that. Leave it on the plane for the next person. Another thing that you do is when you're on a long haul plane, take something like a bag of individually wrapped chocolates. Mm -hmm. And as you walk on the plane, the flight attendant is going to look you in the eye, say good morning, and glance down at your shoes. They want to know who's wearing the nonsensical shoes and whereabouts they're sitting should an incident happen. Most people go right by them, stop to meet them in the eye, say hello or good morning back, hand them the bag of candy and say, 
This is for the crew. They eat plain food just like you do. They're sick of it. This is just an extra treat. They're going to remember you. It may just be a pat on the back, an acknowledgement. It may be a free drink. I have had full dinners given to me. So, but it's just a courtesy thing. You're the third person that's told me to do this. I've yet to do it. One person told me to give a big bag of you know, like Halloween candy size to the crew. You, I watched you do it when we traveled together. Yeah. You did it. And it was amazing. They all share it and they love it. And on those long haul trips, it can really buy you some good favor with the crew. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yes. That's a good idea. I've had pilots come out and come up to me and thank me and tell me that was just really very thoughtful. Oh, that's great. Great. So now lifting the bag up and over. If you are not used to doing that, practice at home. Take the bag and put it on the scale. I know we all have scales, ladies. Find out approximately how much it weighs. If you can't lift it comfortably from off your shoulders and up and over, and to be able to have it over your head and slide it this way, you got enough time to practice. So start on something smaller and lighter. But remember, don't get something that is stiff because that's an easier thing to handle. You want something that is soft and malleable. And, And practice. Practice going over this way. Because if you can lift it over your head, then I know you can lift it through stairs. You can lift it across cobblestones. You can lift it up into any other shelving unit. You'd be surprised where you will have to store your things when you stay there in the various different places. Yeah, very true. Have fun. Laugh. Enjoy getting there. Make the getting there as best as you can. I agree with that. It's about the journey. Great advice, Cindy. Thank you so much. We'll be back next time to talk about more issues related to not old yet. And we hope that you enjoyed this session on travel. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please hit the like button and subscribe if you'd like to see more and get alerts as to when we'll be having new episodes. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Cindy. Arrivederci. Prego. (laughs) See you soon. Bye.